On today's episode, we're going to talk about 15 reasons why condo prices have doubled and why they're set to double again. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hey, and welcome back to the show. Once again, your host here, Andrew LaFleur from TrueCondos.com. Thanks for listening in. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about 15 reasons why Toronto condo prices have doubled and why they will double again. So this uh, podcast was inspired by a recent uh, Twitter rant by regular guest of the show, real estate analyst Ben Myers. Ben Myers of Bullpen Consulting. He had a great uh, little series of tweets on Twitter recently. And as always, I'll include a link to this in the show notes if you want to check out the original tweets by Ben. And he actually listed... uh, He listed more than 15 things. I think he listed about 25 items that were factors that that have driven up Toronto condo prices over the last 10 years. He's sort of responding to, you know, just general comments, I guess, out there by uh, by people saying, you know, how did we get here? How have condo prices risen? Uh, how, How is it that they've risen so much so quickly in the minds of some people? And, he, and he's saying he wanted to explain, he wanted to basically say there's no simple explanation. It's a whole bunch of factors combined. And so I wanted to go over 15 of these and sort of give my commentary on these items and basically tell you why this is going to continue. These There's nothing that has changed, if anything. these The same reasons why uh, we've gotten to the point where we are, where we are today over the last, say, decade, how prices have doubled or more than doubled in the last decade. Well, these are going to be still true, if not even more true, uh, over the next decade, and we can expect prices to double again. Are they going to double again in, you know, in five years, in seven years, in 10 years? Uh, We don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody has the crystal ball to say exactly when prices will double again from here. But we know for sure that condo prices and real estate prices will double again. It's just a matter of time. Uh, Real estate prices always double, and then they double again, and they double again. They just keep going up uh, forever in the long term. And if you're a long-term investor, and if you're thinking and buying strategically for the long term, you will see a day where your investment has doubled in price. It may take, in some cases, you know, as little as, uh, you know, a lot of condos that my clients have bought and I've personally bought have basically doubled in price in about four years, three, four years, some of them. Uh, But the majority of, of the market and the majority of investments have doubled in Toronto over the last, say, six or seven years or so and even if you picked a real crappy property it it's uh it's probably at the most uh 10 years since your property has doubled if you picked a crappy one if you picked a great one you might have seen price your price double in the last say three years but uh most places have doubled in around the last five six years so let's get into it the 15 reasons why condo prices have doubled and why they're set to double again. Number one, 
from Ben's list here, just picking cherry picking some of his items here. Less low density lands caused by build out, which is actually his first point, less low density lands. So what I believe he's referring to there basically is the fact that there's just not readily available low density, low rise lands available in, around the GTA. So um, it's not like the 80s and the 90s where there was just tons of, of land all over across the GTA, north, uh, east, and west, where builders could just go out and, and buy farmland and, and just build, you know, row upon row upon row of low rise housing. Those days are gone. Those days are long gone. And so the big shift that has occurred, especially since 2005, the Ontario Places to Grow, the big shift that occurred and has occurred over that over since 2005 is instead of building out, it's building up. So we are, um, we, you know, the days of, of building out are over and the days of building up are well underway. So we've seen a dramatic shift where, you know, 10 years ago, 80% of the new homes being built in the GTA were low-rise homes and 20% were condominiums, say, roughly. Now it's the complete opposite, where 80-90% of the new homes being built in the GTA are condos and, you know, something like 10-20%, I don't have the numbers in front of me, are low-rise, so dramatic shift there. Number two, high immigration. We come back to this point time and time again. Immigration, immigration, immigration. Population growth is the backbone of this uh, of this real estate market that we're in and will continue to be so for years to come. As I talked about in the last podcast, if you had a chance to listen, immigration, of course, is set to increase significantly over the next few years, not go down, not stay the same, but it's going up. So as that happens, we do expect real estate prices to also go up. Not enough homes, not enough apartments, not enough condos, not enough rentals, not enough resales, not enough new homes. We don't have enough homes for everyone to get something. Supply and demand is out of whack, because, and primarily because of immigration. And I believe that more and more, a higher and higher percentage of overall immigration to this country is going to go to cities as opposed to um uh, suburban and rural areas and small towns, higher and higher percentage will be going into the major cities. And I believe the higher and higher, higher and higher proportion of those that go to cities are going to go to Toronto and the GTA specifically. Um, the rich will continue to get richer. That is a pattern that we're seeing time and time again uh, in the global economy and in the shift towards cities is, uh, is a trend that's not stopping anytime soon. Number three, low interest rates. Low interest rates have obviously been a huge factor in driving real estate prices over the last decade. Money is cheap uh, and people are borrowing more and more of it the cheaper that it is. And it's been extremely historically cheap for at least the last 10 years. And there's been a lot of, you know, every year for the last 10 years, it's interest rates are going up, interest rates are going up, interest rates are going up. And they never do. Uh, yes, they've gone up a little bit over the past year, year and a half or so, but they're still at historic lows. Nothing compared to the 70s, 80s, even the 90s. Um, and as, as I've talked about in the show, I believe personally, the way that I look at the data that's in front of me, I believe that low interest rates are here for a very long time to come. 
Number four, gentrification of all downtown areas. This is an interesting point. Gentrification of all downtown areas. So uh, it used to be, you know, the big question you would ask as a real estate investor is, I want to get into the market. I want to invest somewhere. Where is the next up and coming area? That famous phrase, up and coming area. Well, and it used to be 10 years ago, I would say, well, yeah, here's, there's this pocket, there's that pocket, there's, uh, you know, for years and years at all, it seemed to be Leslieville was, was the up and coming neighborhood for like about a decade. Um, you know, it was just always up and coming, but, uh, in reality, uh, where we stand today, basically there are no up and coming areas in Toronto, <laughs> basically everything has arrived. Everything is already up and already came. It's already there. Um, we, we, uh, we just can't find these pockets like we used to, uh, where, where values are depressed and there's tremendous, uh, uh, discounts compared to other areas. Just everything is expensive everywhere. So that, uh, is a factor where, you know, just it drives prices up when the average price everywhere is higher because there are no crappy areas anymore, so to speak, where there used to be lots of crappy areas around you could find. Just very hard to find those sorts of areas right now. Everything is arrived. I mean, downtown east side of the city, of course, downtown east uh, for condo investors was always like the uh, up and coming thing. But now again, look at downtown east. It's it's almost caught up to downtown West. I mean, a thousand dollars per square foot versus eleven hundred dollars per square foot. Not much of a not much of a difference there uh, right now. Number five, taller towers are allowed equals more premiums. So this is a, this is another point that for those of us who are in the industry, we sort of understand, but I find a lot of people outside the industry don't. So your point of insight for for you listening. Um, tall towers are much more expensive to construct than, uh, shorter towers. And obviously taller towers are going to command a much higher average price than a shorter tower. The, the higher up you go in a tower, uh, the more premiums that are going to be associated with that height and with those views, typically a thousand or $2,000 a floor is, is normal in most buildings. So if you have a, a 65 75 story tower, you're getting much higher overall pricing than if you have a 40 story tower. Also, just from a construction standpoint, I've been told by um, builders specifically in, on the construction side, once you go above 50 stories, it becomes a much more expensive, much more complicated uh, from an engineering perspective to build such a tower. And therefore they have to, developers have to charge significantly higher pricing to account for the higher costs that are associated with uh, crane technology and, and accounting for wind and sway and, and foundation, you know, uh, aspects of it, earthquakes and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and just getting materials and things above 50 floors is more, you know, more complicated, more expensive than, uh, you know, building a 60-story building is much more expensive than building a 40-story building. Um, and so as we get more and more of these super tall towers, which we are, that, again, is just pulling up the average prices for the, the whole uh, market overall. And again, that is going to continue. As builders uh, are running out of sites, 
uh, to build towers downtown. The, the sites that they do have, they are inc increasingly under more and more pressure from their investors and their shareholders and their stakeholders to get higher, taller buildings, more expensive buildings, so that they can um, get those uh, get that return on their investment for buying that very, very expensive downtown land. Number six, lack of transit improvement and long commutes it gives you a downtown condo premium. So um, absolutely, uh, the, the transit situation in this city is, you know, pretty depressing when you start to look at it and think about it and, and look at how many years and decades that we debate transit and building new transit in the city before actually doing anything and meanwhile, the city just can, the population continues to just absolutely uh, grow exponentially. I mean, everybody has that story. Anybody who's lived in this city, you know, if you, you know exactly what I'm saying. If you've lived in this city for 10 years or more and you remember and you compare back driving around this city 10 years ago, uh, you know, even seven, six, seven years ago compared to today, there's significant and dramatic. Uh, difference in in being the ability to get around this city um, it was much much easier you know 10 years ago than it is today it, it, and it's only getting worse and worse and worse every year it's we're just adding more and more and more people more and more and more cars to this region um, and meanwhile how many new subway lines have we added how many new you know how many new roads have been built in the GTA, how many new highways have been built in the GTA in the last 10 years? Zero. Uh, how many people have been added to the GTA in the last 10 years? Approximately 1 million. Okay, how many new subway lines have we built in the last 10 years? I guess one, uh, the, the one that just opened up uh, to, uh, to York University, the, the subway extension there. And how many people are using that? Obviously, the numbers are extremely low, and and will continue to be extremely low on that line uh, until the until the residential component is built up around that. It's going to take you know just like the Shepherd line w was empty you know for for the first five years, ten years, and now is only just starting to sort of uh, get some ridership on it. So we're seeing the same pattern on on that other line as well. It's going to take years for for that uh, development to catch up to that to that infrastructure there that they've they've built. So um, again, what's ha what what it results in is is people want to live downtown. People don't want the long commutes. There's more and more pressure and more and more demand to live and work close to each other. So that means downtown condos command a, will command over time a bigger and bigger premium over non downtown condos. Um, at least until we start seeing significant sub markets uh, and, and sub, um, you know, sub alternative downtowns, so to speak, being built up uh, over the next decades to come. Number seven, longer approvals process, higher carrying costs for builders. So it's taking longer and longer and longer to go from as a builder to go from buying a piece of dirt to getting a shovel in the ground, 
to, to start building an act, the actual condo. Uh, some builders say, you know, it's, it's as long as a decade uh, for sites downtown to actually get it purchased, rezoned, site plan approvals, building permits, you know, yada, 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 the list goes on and on. It's years and years and years. Um, if you have to go through the OMB to, to, uh, to, to get approvals, you know, that I've personally seen projects, you know, as long as like three years of waiting to just get through the OMB process and get an actual ruling, an actual result, um, to see if you can actually build the thing or not. This is just continually getting worse. And we have this huge backlog of projects that, uh, and units that would otherwise be already in the pipeline, but they're not approved and they're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And that time is just getting longer and longer adds to the carrying costs for builders, adds to the risk that builders uh, have to undertake, and that ultimately just adds to the price, to the cost that the consumer has to pay for that condo unit. Is this going to get better? Very unlikely. If anything, it's only going to get worse in the years to come. Number eight, construction costs rising. This is a big one. Just the, the sheer cost of building has gone up so significantly um, you know, labor costs are a huge part of it. Material costs, we have, uh, you know, the steel uh, and tariffs and, and trade wars issues with Trump that's affecting things a little bit. I think the big piece here from what I understand and talking to builders again is, is really labor. Um, we don't, we have a shortage of skilled labor in this town. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're a young person listening to this, you're looking for a career, you know, again, the message is the same thing that I've been hearing since I was a young person is get into the trades, get a skill. Uh, you're going to do very well. You can make a easily make a six figure income with a lot of these skills that only require a couple of years of training because there's just such a shortage of demand. People who, who are wanting to work with their hands, there's such a shortage of supply, I should say of, of that available labor. And that's really driving up costs, um, in the, in this city. It also just, again, prolongs how long the construction process takes. If you can't find that skilled labor to do that job, to get that thing built, the process, the, the, if it takes longer and longer to build uh, a condominium, then the cost of that thing will get higher and higher as builders have to account for that, um, the, that time. And again, it's only going to get worse as, as those demands continue to rise unless we see a dramatic uh, culture shift and, and massive numbers of, of young people going into the trades and a huge influx of, of skilled labor, which is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take years for any change like that to happen. Or it would take a dramatic recession or something or where, where um, you know, where that would suddenly shift the supply and demand dynamics, obviously, of the labor market. But again, short of that happening, it's it's going to continue. Uh, number nine, land vendors not compromising on price. Land vendors who don't compromise on price. So this uh, this is something we've been hearing about forever. A lot of the people, a lot of the, the, the land owners, especially in the downtown core, have owned their properties for, you know, not just a couple of years, a few years, a decade. It's been many decades, you know, family owned, passed down properties. It's a very common thing. So builders are, 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 uh, trying to negotiate with, you know, increasingly savvy and smart, uh, property owners and landowners who are not, you know, it's not like the old days where you can just knock on, uh, 
the old lady's door and, and say, you know, hey, I'll give you a great deal for your house here, you know, and then uh, you, you put up a 50-story building or whatever, or you just go to the, you just look for a parking lot and you call the guy who owns the parking lot, hey, I'll give you a million bucks for your parking lot, you know. Um, nobody's, nobody's, uh, you know, people are, people are, are smart. They know land values. They know condo values. They, they see the future of the city as well. Nobody's in a hurry to sell. Everybody's holding on to their price. You know, sure, I'll sell if you give me this outrageous price. So the bar keeps getting higher and higher. Um, what was once outrageous, you know, two years ago is now the norm today and tomorrow will be a bargain. So um, through the ups and downs of the market over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, one thing's been consistent and that is land values and prices of land, especially downtown core, just getting higher and higher and higher. And a big part of that is, again, just the culture and the savviness of landowners, especially those uh, guys who've owned this land for many, many years and decades, um, just not compromising on the price. And do you think that's going to change? No way. I mean, a lot of these properties, there's no mortgages on them. They're paid off many years ago. Um, you know, parking lots, uh, if you own a parking lot or small lot or something somewhere, you're getting tremendous revenue from it, even if you have a mortgage. I mean, you're no hurry to sell. Why would you sell for $10 million today when you know that in five years it could be worth $50 million, right? And so people understand this now. It's different from how it was 20 years ago where people were like, well, I'll sell today for a million because if I wait five years, it might just get $1.2 million, right? It's very different now. Uh, number 10, higher development charges. Development charges, huge factor in condo prices, and uh, they have gone up significantly. They've recently doubled in the city of Toronto. Uh, all the taxes, park levies, Section 37, uh, educational levies, everything is going up, up, up. There's huge pressure. This, the city is just trying to milk the, the cow like the, the golden goose. You know, it's, uh, they're just there's so much i mean as much as i think 25 percent of the cost of a condo is just taxes and goes to the government the various levels for different things i mean uh you know the government's on one side of the mouth they say they want uh, affordable housing on the other side of the mouth they say we want uh we want more taxes from you the builders aka you the buyers of the condo i mean all these all these things are just passed on to the individual buyers right uh Builders are not absorbing these things. They, they have set returns they have to make. They pass these costs along to the buyers and the buyers are paying them ultimately. So that is only gonna continue. Cities are broke, they have no money. They're constantly looking for, to raise more revenue for everything that is constantly going up and, and always being behind, never being ahead of the game. And uh, development will continue to, to bear the big brunt of that. Uh, number 11, L Toronto land transfer tax. The Toronto land transfer tax now has been in place for, I guess, more than a decade, I think 2007. But again, why is that a factor? Well, that's a factor because it's, it's, it's a friction point for people looking to move. Um, if you're looking at moving and you look at the cost of moving in this city, it's astronomical. I mean, the average cost to move if you live in Toronto from one house in Toronto to another house in Toronto if you did the math it's probably around a hundred thousand dollars if you own a big house 
uh, bigger than average, more expensive than average. You know, it could be $150,000, $200,000 when you talk about land transfer taxes plus uh, selling commissions, moving costs. When you move, you buy new furniture, you do renovations, everything else. Um, it is astronomically expensive to move in this town, and land transfer tax is a huge um, uh, factor that people are, are causing people to think twice about moving. And when you think twice about moving, you, you, you decide to stay in place. That's one less available property for sale. It's affecting the supply, and it has affected the supply dramatically. Through all the ups and downs of the market the, over the last decade, one thing's been consistent is this unbelievably low and perpetually low supply of available properties for sale, um, especially in the core of Toronto. Um, it's, it's just perpetually a seller's market, um, and that's driving up uh, prices, and a big reason for that is the land transfer tax and has been. Number 12, higher interior specs demanded for units. So you can't buy a crappy condo anymore. You can't buy a condo with laminate countertops. You can't buy a condo with uh, eight foot ceilings. I mean, occasionally you can, but they're very hard to find. Like every the specs and what consumers are demanding, the standard is so high, the basic standard. Like if you come out as a builder with crappy specs, like nobody's gonna buy it. So that. Uh, the, the rising expectations of the buyer, again, has driven up prices as well, and, and that will only continue. Um, you know, people aren't going to take a step back suddenly in what, they, what they're expecting and demanding. It's just going to continually be demanding more and more. Uh, number 13, rents have increased drastically supporting investment buying. Uh, that is absolutely true. So um, as rents have driven, so, rents have increased so much in the past few years that um, that will obviously um, support more and more investors getting into the market and supporting that market. Uh, more and more demand to buy uh, from the investment community. People see their friends and neighbors making money and more and more people want to get into that and take advantage and, and get a piece of the pie. And so more demand is driving up prices. That's, that's again, it's, we talked about this time and time again. Rents will continue to rise significantly so therefore that factor will continue to be true moving forward number 14 most low-hanging fruit condo sites are gone absolutely true uh, again there where are where have all the parking lots gone there's hardly any surface parking lots anywhere uh, in the downtown core let alone anywhere in the city um, those days of just picking up uh, uh, low-hanging fruit grabbing a parking lot putting up a tower very easy to to build on a parking lot site versus buying in between two buildings on a back alley and you've got historic components leaning against you i mean it's construction is so much more complicated and it takes so much more time and so much more cost to builders all driving up prices and that's only going to get worse as the city is just you know more and more built out construction sites getting more and more complicated more and more expensive to build on and finally Number 15, thank you for sticking around with me till the end. Number 15, NIMBY resistance has pushed unit counts down, resulting in less supply. So NIMBY standing for not in my backyard. So people saying, you know, uh, you want to put a condo up here uh, near my house? No way. It's going to ruin the neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. The city councilor says, yeah, you're right. You are going to ruin the neighborhood. Please vote me back in uh, and I'll stand up for you. Um, so... Nobody wants a condo in their backyard. 
but uh, ultimately condos are going up in everyone's backyard. It's just the reality of living in a big, big city. However, uh, with that pushback, with that resistance, counselors and, and, and uh, the city will bow to that public pressure and say, you know what? Uh, look, we, we saved you guys, the locals. They wanted to put 50 stories up. We knocked them down to 25. High fives all around. Let's go have a beer. Okay, vote me back in. Great. Um, so if it's up to builders, obviously they're going to put, uh, you know, the highest density possible, the tallest tower possible. If it's up to the public, they're going to put nothing at all. And so generally speaking, it's things are weighted against the builder and more in favor of uh, those opposed for political reasons. So that pressure has brought down the number of potential units. The 50 story towers should be, they become 40 stories. The 30 stories become 20 and so on. Uh, the six story towers just don't get built at all. So uh, again, less supply than there otherwise would be. Is that likely to continue? Is that trend likely to, to keep going? Um, I think more than ever, we're gonna see more and more resistance and all these factors together, it's, it's just going to make it harder and harder and less and less attractive for builders to look at building, especially in the core of the city. So that is going to keep supply down, which will ultimately keep pushing prices of, of what is out there up. Okay, there you have it. That is today's episode, the 15 reasons why prices have doubled and why that's they're going to double again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, make sure that you're getting my weekly email updates on the condo market by signing up at truecondos.com, uh, dropping your name and email in there, and we'd love to be able to keep in touch with you that way. If you found value from this episode, if you got anything from it, that you thought was good, go ahead and share this with somebody that you know who you think could benefit from listening to it as well. And until next time, hope you have a great week and happy investing. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.